Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for September 7th of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from this particular podcast. <laughs> um, we are back. Uh, summer is almost over here. It's almost beginning for you, right? Yeah, we just hit spring, so all good. And, you know, part reason we haven't been on has been just life, but the other part we were talking about before the podcast was there's just not a lot of interesting things going on. So we we would look at the topics and be like, I don't know, none of this is really worthwhile. <laughs> It's uh, not worth cracking into our life schedule to go, let's do 50-minute podcast, is it? And you had made the joke about the... Uh, who was it? Oh, some nuffy from somewhere out of nowhere. Anthony Peluso. Yeah. And I'm like, the jaddy's like, no, he went to the flames. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, like, we didn't feel like that would be good content, so we didn't issue it. We do have some content now because we're getting much closer to the season starting and uh, a huge signing, in my opinion, the other day with Blake Wheeler re-upping with the Jets and we have picked two divisions to cover for a season preview and that is going to be the Pacific and the Atlantic uh, and we will talk about those after we talk about the Blake Wheeler contract. So what were your thoughts there? Uh they had to sign him they were always going to sign him for too long but you look at the window they're in I have no problems with it in that context I've I've given up now in, in this league with the whole the tail end issue of contracts and you, you literally just have to deal with the issue of the contract later on you know Winnipeg have got a really good window here for the next three or four years Wheel is still going to be good through that time I can't see him dropping off the, the map like some people have so, yeah, I think it's a good signing. He he is one of the best wingers in the sport the last uh, bit of time. So it's it's absolutely not an issue to sign him at this age. You got to pay that that cap hit though, and that is that what I think the the problem was. Like, yeah. You're not going to get away with not giving him that money. No, at, at, the league is getting better at paying for uh, unknown performance. And Blake Wheel is in that sort of bracket of hockey players at the moment that are getting, still getting paid for past performance. So teams are starting to shift to going, we think this guy is going to be able to play up to their cap hit for the next seven or eight years. Notice how it's the guys like Eichel and Matthews and... McDavid. I know they're all superstars, and you expect them to play up to their contract. But this age group of players, I have a feeling, might be the last that get paid for past performance as opposed to projected performance. Yeah, that that I could see a, a situation where, or a scenario where that is true. It it really does hinge on the um, CBA coming up. I think. But I do well, think all the old are... guys, all the old guys argue for the CBA. They don't give a toss about the young kids. So unless there's a massive schism through, I don't know, the 25 and unders to the 25 and overs, um, the old guys will win out again. It's the way it always works. That is true. Uh, so the Wheeler term is, I can live with it because he's a top end player of five years. 8.25 is, I think, you know, just like you alluded to, the, what he probably should have been making the last few years. But that contract doesn't begin this year. And um, it, what is it? It goes for five? Is it five? I think so. Who's it going to stop them from signing? Um, We've got Shifley locked up. Ealers is locked up. Little's locked up. You've got Patrick Laine. I, I think Little think will stop. be the one that they're going to have to try really hard to move that contract. I, I think that will be the contract that they target to get rid of eventually. Because you sort of yeah, because you have a look down the lineup and they've they've got to they've got to sort out what's going on with Truba. 
don't, um, I don't see him staying. You you think he can or he will? No, I I think he'll go. It just seems like it's always a hassle. I don't think he wants to be there, and and so what do you do this year? Like, do you keep him go for your run? Because this is a great roster for this year coming up. Yeah, which is why you can almost justify the biting the bullet on the Wheeler contract later, because I don't know yeah. if they're going to get a better look at it. That market, like, they're not going to draw free agents. A lot of this was homegrown. Yeah. Give Sheffield Day off credit for holding the course and holding the course because he copped a lot of flack for not making any moves. So this is homegrown. It's the way they're going to have to do it, I suppose. I mean, technically Wheeler's not homegrown, but he, I, I believe he was a thrasher. So we're going to count that as uh, homegrown for this exercise. Well, so it was Little, wasn't he? Yes. So, But Little at 5.2, yeah, I'm fine with paying that in the run. It's the fallout, like... Line A making under a mill. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why this year they need to make hay. Because next year he's going to have to get paid 13 or 14 mil. Purely on just inflation every year. So 13. Uh, I think he'll get 11, 11 to 12. I know everybody looks at McDavid and goes, well, that's the bar. No, right? that's not the bar. The Correct. bar is... It, uh, whatever Matthews gets, <laughs> I think he'll be the one that can really uh, ask for what he wants. Yeah. Connor fucked up. Connor yeah. could have been at 15. But that's why I said he set the yeah. bar. It, it, the but thing he, with but this, he didn't. Stamkos didn't set the bar in Tampa. Just like Sid, Sid set the bar yep. in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's... These bars are very flimsy, put it that way. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Line A does. I mean, 11 is absolutely, you know, a good number for him. Um, I suppose it comes down to will he take a little bit less so the, the whole team can stay together? That's that's probably what it comes down to in this sport. It's always supposed to be team first, isn't it? I, I don't think that even at $8 million they can keep the band together. So then, like you said, this is this is their year. This is when they've got everybody under control. I mean, they will so, get Tyler Myers is five point five off the books, which is good. I thought yeah, they did they, the, a good job of getting um, Steve Mason off the books to Montreal, but Hellebuck just got a pretty hefty raise off a entry level deal or close to it. He wasn't making bank before. Now he's making six mil. Um, they, Matthew Perot is a great depth player at four mil. Adam Lowry at two point nine. Um, you know they're spending a, uh, the Kulikov contract looks terrible next to all. It of does. These. That was that was yeah. That was what I was thinking of as well. Because you think about it, if you say they're going to have the Myers contract off the books, right? That five point five goes. He probably won't stay in Winnipeg for less than that. They lose Truba, so they get eleven million bucks back. Who's going to go to Winnipeg? to fill those two spots. Like, I don't know I don't know their depth chart well enough to know who they've got coming up that can play in their top four to, to fill those minutes. So they kind of need to get it done this year. Next few. I, th- I don't think the window is one year, but I think this is their best look at it. Well, I would have said last year was the start of their window and they got beaten by Vegas. So, yeah, I still can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work that out as well. Um, that's all. So it's it's tough. I, I mean, and, and saying this, it's it's not a matter of us bagging out in the city of Winnipeg. It's just a fact that they struggle to bring big name players into the city. That's all. So I mean, if they can fix that problem, then their window extends again because they're going to have to replace somebody to play f- top four minutes, whether it's Myers or Truber or both. That's probably what hurts. How come we're doing a review on this team? We're not even doing this division. No, no, I know. I was thinking in the back of my head next week, geez, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Jets, but uh, the Wheeler is a big deal. It is. It is. You're right. He's been a terrific, awesome player for the last four years or so. 
uh go figure he was a fourth liner on team usa not to <laughs> i mean fuck team usa the last few times they put real at the real events they just yeah. suck so bad their whole decision making process it's an old school mentality that is killing them at the moment and you'd think the they would that... love him because he's physical and good yeah it makes makes no sense one thing i will say is that it may have been andrew berkshire that tweeted this out because he loves being a contrarian but i think he did make the point that wheeler away from shifley his numbers dropped off significantly so if they do have to split them up that could be a problem um i guess my reality, question would be who who was was it little that he would yeah and play that's, with and little's been yeah. was been hurt quite a bit if memory serves correct yeah so, so it's sort of one of those things you do have to weigh up it's like yeah his production did drop off away from shifley but i think anybody's would but who was he paired with um i like little quality of, um so do i but he's not shifley <laughs> no and you know the jets got a few of these guys that big right-handed forwards that are just awesome yeah so they're a quality team and I have a feeling you know you probably say at least Eastern Conference Western Conference Finals no you can't because Nashville's really good yeah second round they can get to the second round and they can play seven games against Nashville again and see what happens and just pray that Pekka Renee craps the bed like it's crazy that they're those two teams like they have to face each other pretty much well it's like the capitals and the penguins it, it's the same thing it's it's shortchanging i mean you can make the argument that it's good to play them earlier in regards to quality of game because players are less hurt but in reality it's shortchanging teams that do well because they have to play a better team earlier in the playoff system and it, it's just best sport worst league Tampa and Toronto seem to be on a collision course. Same thing. Absolutely. And what I suppose we're covering that division, so we'll let that be for right now. <laughs> so I guess Do we'll we want to go back to the Pacific? Yeah, let's um we'll start our annual uh season preview out on the west coast. Uh we are going to do it alphabetically this time around. Yeah. And A for Anaheim. A for they're gonna suck. (laughs) You think they'll be? You think they'll suck? I just think the players they have to rely on are too old. That's all. And as much as Getzlaff's drop offs been been slower than Perry's, Perry's still gonna get minutes with Getzlaff, and I think that's gonna be a problem. And as good as Silverberg is. I just think they're dead. I suppose it comes down to Ryan Kessler. If Kessler can actually stay healthy, and you see what I mean? Like, there's just no depth. Yeah. Their back end's great, though. Yeah, their defense core is very good. Um, Getzlaff hasn't dropped off yet, though. Maybe from his, like, absolute peak, but he's still really good. Yeah, Ryan Kessler, is. the other Ryan, is, um, you know, his most significant thing right now is picking fights with Ryan Johansson. Trying to That's get, how you get it done. fights. That's how you get it done. Uh, get he's got a broken hip, and who knows, you know, what he looks like coming back. He was already in a pretty solid decline. Yeah, but... And that's kind of the thing. It's they need everybody to stay healthy, and players need to play above their aging curve, and that can be tough in this sport. Yeah, I, I do like Ricard Raquel a lot. Yep. Uh, I think I underrated him last summer when I exposed him in my hypothetical expansion draft. That was probably my most regrettable. I mean, you go through 30 teams, you're going to make a few mistakes. I think that was my biggest one. Well, thankfully for Anaheim, they didn't make that error. <laughs> no, but they gave up a good chunk. Didn't they give oh, yeah. up uh, Shea Theodore? Yep, 
that was that was they kept uh, Manson instead. They must have had to give up something else. I can't remember what. Uh, Silverberg's always been a nice depth player, uh, a little bit better than a depth player, but not um, not exactly a guy that drives the whole line kind of deal. He never. Yeah, I suppose it's the thing. I like. I love watching Jacob Silverberg play. And when you put him, when they have to put him up with Getzlaff, he's absolutely awesome. But he can't carry a line on his own, and I suppose that's probably what stopped him from really cutting through. So you know, at twenty-seven, I find it hard to believe he that will change. Good player. Uh, he is who he is, though. Correct. Yeah, just like Carter Rowney and Brian Gibbons. <laughs> Carter Rowney making over a mil for multi years. Uh, Again, we never criticize the players for getting theirs. This is more oh, no. management yep. criticism, but yeah, I, I I'm glad that he's on the furthest coast away from me because I was done kind of. What you know, I want to watch for entertainment, and quite frankly, it wasn't very entertaining watching his lines play. No. It's it's really weird. Their forward group has a lot of players over thirty. Their defensive group, though, only has Corbinian Holzer, who's over thirty. Like they're a really young defensive group, so they could the the backhand could really drive this team if they can carry the puck, hit their outlet passes to their forwards with speed. They may be better than I'm expecting them to be. Here's their problem. Their coach. Yeah, I don't really... think the coach is going to reap the benefits of having that great back end. They'll be great uh, in spite of what they're kind of... You know what I mean? I, I have a feeling uh, no, like just, yeah. the guys will get them the puck and then they'll just chip it deep because they want to play big, hard hockey. But their forwards kind of have to play that way, though. They don't, they're don't. they not the quickest team on the ice. So it, it's like the team's sort of got a split personality. The The back end can, can motor and, and can hit, out, hit their outlet passes. But if the forwards sort of can't get into space on their own... Well, it complicates things. Yeah. Because they will. They'll chip and chase. Uh, the other thing that works against them, and I really like the signing, but unfortunately biology getting in the way, is Patrick Eves. Uh, I don't... I can't remember if I saw... Is he not able to play again? Or... Ooh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, remember. but... Um, I guess I have to speak from ignorance right now. If he can't play, that really sucks because I I touted him as an awesome depth player for the last well, not last year. I guess when you get that contract, you're you're kind of found out. But he was making <laughs> always uh, with Detroit, was he with Detroit and Ottawa and then Dallas? I think it was um, Dallas where he sort of jumped out at everyone. Well, he jumped out, but like his underlying numbers was always, I thought, were really good for the price point, and I always wanted the Penguins to get him because I thought he was pretty good. And then he had that monster thirty goal year in Dallas, and got then traded. Go, let's to stay Anaheim, away. Let's stay away from that, please. Yeah. And he, I, I don't even. I apologize. I don't even know the condition, but I know that it kept him off the ice last year. Yeah, and that that kind of stinks to to get that guy, and then he can't play for you know life reasons. It sucks when life gets in the way of hockey, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, but they uh, I guess we've kind of over. I, I think they have a good, very good goaltending tandem with Gibson and Miller. Miller's still pretty okay. He's thirty eight. I didn't realize that. I was just. Holy shit, man. Like, yeah, he, he produces well for what his role is. He's happy to be in that role as well, which I think is important for a guy that used to be a number one. He understands what he is. And if Gibson does have a, a little bit of a rough patch, you can sort of rely on Miller to come in and, and hold the fort until Gibson gets his shit back together. 
And that duo only makes $4.3 million. Obviously, that this, jumps up a bit the following year. But that's where you want to be. It's too bad yeah. that they don't have it all together. So um, we're not going to make this the Anaheim Duck podcast. So we're going to uh, truck along. But do you see them as a playoff team? I, I don't. Basically because of the way this thing's set up. I can't see them getting in the top three. And I feel like it's going to be a 5-3 Western Conference. So, Okay. I think, uh, I mean, it's not exactly a out-on-the-limb take. They'll be competing for one of the final spots. Yeah, yeah. And you get in, you get a hot goalie, and away you go. So I could get there and say they're not going to make it. They make it, and they get to the goddamn conference finals out of that Pacific division. So it's, it's, I suppose it's the one thing that could save them is that that, that division's still a little weak. Yeah, you get in, you're good. Yeah, I don't trust Edmonton. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, sticking with the A's, Arizona. What's your, what, what's your feeling with this team? Looking down the salary cap, and I see Dave Boland and Marion Hosa as the second and third highest paid forwards. So, at, at what point? At what point are they going to start doing something to try and win? I think they're trying right now. I don't know if it'll work. How can how can it you be trying to win when you five point two five seven million dollar Hall of Fame winger is only on your roster so that he's not in another one? Yeah, I mean that's totally fair. Um, but there's uh, the Galchenyuk trade I like a lot. Yes, that's true. And um, they and did they, somehow I... keep Ekman Larson around. This is also very true. Um, I think having Antti Ranta healthy would be a nice thing for them to have. They're Dylan Strom's got to step up to the plate. It, and, he's and a number three overall well. pick, and he's yeah. been a complete no-show in the NHL, and I don't mean that in the sense that it's totally on him. It, it could be. I don't really follow it all that closely. Um, they may have been like working him in slowly. I don't know what their thought process is is on any of it but like the fact is he's he has minimal nhl impact at this point in time and you know what year did he get drafted three was it the eichel mcdavid year i don't know he's 21 so you'd assume three years ago i mean number three overall is usually if you're going to be worth a damn have at least you're you're already yeah now, another young guy on there, Clayton Keller, I do like a lot. He's pretty yeah. good. Um, I don't know. I just don't see enough here for playoffs. No, I don't, I don't either. But if those two players you mentioned step up to where you think they should and Galchenyuk actually gets to play center... You know, Stepan plays the way he normally does, and they do get a healthy Rata that, that plays New York style Arty Rata. Then, um, I you know they a little bit like Anaheim, I suppose they could be on that fringe, but there just seems too many questions here. If I'm going to get there and be as harsh as I was on on Anaheim, we at least know what their players can do. There's too many here that we just go, oh, I'm not sure. I'm looking through, like, the bottom. Uh, sometimes I'll go on Hockey Buzz and do the the rosters that way. Yep. Kind of. Uh, Hockey Buzz has, like, a cap-friendly-looking uh, template. And then you got the minor leaguers and prospects at the bottom. And none of the names are ringing out, but that doesn't mean that, like, I'm correct in... Just because I don't know the names doesn't mean they're not good, but I'm usually pretty good about like the the top end ones. Yeah, and I'm not I know seeing any of them, so I don't know. I mean, I feel bad, but I don't have much to say on Arizona. No, I, I don't either. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're in the right division to come out of nowhere, but I, I don't see it with this particular roster. Well, let's go to Yarmir Yager's last team. Is that really the last team we're going to see? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, boo. Um, I like Calgary. Mainly because they got coach. some good um, good forwards. Johnny Gaudreau is a personal favorite of mine. Sean Moynihan, when I was doing... Um, gosh, what was the series that I did in Hockey Buzz over the summer? You know. redrafted the drafts. Oh, Sean, yeah, thank you. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, hockey has not been on my radar at all like covering the penguins right now is fucking boring i have no interest um the team roster there's not much flexibility it's almost another one of those let's get through the regular season to cut to the important part kind of years let's just get there healthy i don't care much about prospects and training camp so um bad news for my readers I, <laughs> my motivation right now is very low i'm being very upfront about that uh you know being a teacher like th- this was the first week back like i'm pretty busy with like real stuff so it's not at the top of my radar to like fabricate um blogs just to put them out there right now i just don't think it would be good work no and it's why bother (laughs) i mean sorry i i am i am sorry because i know people um enjoy you know the content and I, i just got nothing right now which has never really happened usually Find a way, what is this seventh year? Are you sure you just haven't hit seventh year itch? <laughs> fifth, fifth, fifth year. Okay. Um. So that's going to be kind of dormant for a little bit, but yeah, to the point where I don't even remember my major <laughs> talking points over the summer. But yeah, Sean Moynihan. When I looked into him during whatever draft he got drafted, uh, I was pretty impressed with his trajectory. So. Uh, James Neal, good signing. It, you know, another one of those, well, we'll bite the bullet at the end. Yeah. Michael Backlund, he's signed for a while. I mean, I don't really like the idea of trading Dougie Hamilton because he didn't hang out and get shit-faced with his team. But That's kind of what worries me about Calgary, is that kind of attitude towards their players and then... They've gone and grabbed a coach that Noah Hannafin kind of underperformed under. His numbers are okay. Like, they were better than I thought they were going to be. My hang-up with this is Elias Lindholm, he did not make the top 10 of the year that he was drafted with me. His points per game sucks. It's like 1.39. I feel like his reputation is that of a better player. It is. No, it absolutely is. And some players can get paid on that for their entire career because coaches and general managers see the potential. It just it never never quite happens for them, and they come away getting paid a little bit more than they probably should by the end of their career. I mean, it could all it could all change, you know, with a new coach. But I I really thought that he would do better in Calgary with the players they had, and I know a lot of that gets dumped onto Scott Darling but yeah I just I'm not sure like their defense core is still good if Travis Hamanic can can pick his head out of his ass Uh, and I don't know what those family issues are that got him uh, out of the Islanders Um, I'm not saying this is what happened because surely it wasn't but I would fabricate family reasons to get off the Islanders 
<laughs> I am not. I am not insinuating that is what happened because I know that is not what happened. So yeah, the, I, do not. The point. The point. <laughs> the point is understood. But I mean, at least at least if 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 Harmonic and Hannafin can play together, it gets Brody and, and Giordano back together, and, and and they are dominant when they play together. So, um, you know, for Calgary's sake, the the finger crossing is that that works that way. Matt Kachuk's a good player. And he's cheap as chips for the last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, he's he's batshit crazy, but he's a good player. Sam Bennett's <laughs> the one that um, kind of got to get going a little bit, given the draft status. Because when you get those picks, man, you got to hit. Even though that was yeah, a down you, draft, yeah. I think. Was that the Ekblad draft? I think so. I can't remember. It was the Reinhardt it, draft. So that must have been. It is one of those things where, um, you know, Pittsburgh was ridiculously lucky to get two generational talents in the two drafts that they got when they were terrible. And you look at Edmonton, and all those years that they drafted at the top of the, you know, the top of the draft, the only one that I would say They have the two reigning MVPs. I was going to say they had... (laughs) They had one they got in amongst good all of that, they and they traded enough. him away. They got um, good enough. But you know, I mean, you, you look at you look at Yakupov and you look at Nugent Hopkins. You know, they just didn't have that the team changing generational talent in those particular drafts. So it, it it does come down to if you end up in a flat draft, you're a little bit uh, a little bit screwed, and then if you miss on that, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, incredibly lucky. I know people don't like hearing that word a lot, but true. Oh, that, yeah. Um, shout out to Michael Froelich. I think he's a really good depth player. And I um, <laughs> was the, uh, I don't know if he was the recipient or not. It was college days. I know I've told this story before, but I, the Panthers used to play an NHL game here in Rochester when it, when they were the affiliate after the Sabres left them for a few years. And I think I I may have yelled, Froelich, my balls, but I don't know who it was at when he was <laughs> on the Panthers. <laughs> uh, so that was like 15 years ago. I'd like to think I've matured since then, but... Um, oh, I wouldn't have. I'd still do it. My fantasy hockey team names are usually still Froelich my balls. <laughs> we are children. The other one I had before Kasperi Kapanen got traded was Busta Kapanen. <laughs> Thought that one was good. Uh, yeah. So uh, Calgary, I think, has a uh, a very solid shot at making the playoffs. Yep, uh, absolutely. And again, we it, Mike Smith going to have to be good or average can't be the we only have... the bad version of mike smith so yeah but he's getting up it, there it, he, he is uh, and it's it's a one-year deal left like this is it for him so if it doesn't work then they can always shift if they want so i think uh that one of the most interesting ones of this division is up next uh, we stay in Alberta, and that uh, is the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to rule out Connor McDavid getting him in the playoffs because, man, he is that much better than everybody in the league right now. But that's so much. And what, like, I don't believe in jinxes or anything like that. If he. If he's even out for like 20 games, what does that look like? Last year. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's what it looks like. It looks like last year. But he played last year. I know. Did I, he win the I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think the players around him will be quite as bad as they were last year. I just don't know whether they will raise their game enough to make the playoffs. And if anything goes wrong with McDavid, then isn't Sakara out for a while? 
Uh, he did his knee. Like he's I or Sakura. What day of the week is it? How he wants to be called? Yeah, but yeah, it's tough. Like if he's out, then that means that Larson and Clefbaum are probably their one-two pairing, and then that drags Chris Russell right up into the three <laughs> slot when he should be a six. So you're forgetting the, the nurse. Of, nurse is there. Oh, he's two. Sorry. You're, well, actually, he's still not signed. So right now, he may not be at camp. Yeah, he's an RFA. Where's he going? I don't know. They got. I don't know. Ten, I ten. mean, I I guess it really depends on who they get for Clefbaum when they get upset and trade him. <laughs> well, Cam Talbot's got to play fifty-five games, not seven hundred. He's actually uh, pending UFA. Believe it yeah. or not. And he's 31 years old as well. So, because he spent so much time as a backup in um, in San Jose, people sort of kind of forget how old he is. Was he San he's... Jose before New York? I don't know his background, to be honest. I thought he was... Hang on, was he New York? Oh, okay. I've got him mixed up with Martin Jones. My bad. Yeah, but I don't remember Cam Talbot before... No, no, no. Um, I've got him mixed up with Martin Jones. Yeah, but, but even so, I don't remember Cam Talbot um, outside of being Lundquist backup. Like, That's what he was. You're exactly right. I literally got him mixed up with Martin Jones. For some yeah, because reason. Martin Jones used to back up quick. Yeah. So, for yeah, some of the reason I was know, thinking he was... track of all the backup goals. It's terrible on my behalf. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to expect out of this team. I don't trust them enough to to make the playoffs again, which is ridiculous to say when you've got the best player in the league um, who just carves it up night in, night out. Um, unless they can work out how to get Drysaddle off his line and try to be a little deeper and beat teams on the lower half of their roster. Um, yeah, I just I don't think their back end is is good enough. I guess it depends on what they get for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. <laughs> I just I'm sorry, uh, Chiarelli's got to make a shitty move because we deserve it. <laughs> we deserve it. Yeah, you know, Paul Jarvie, like that was he was a high pick, right? I think it was fourth. He like, uh, quote unquote, slid to them, but um, I'm gonna try and uh, look up that draft year and see what a few of the players look like after him because he hasn't really panned out quite yet. But the, you you do have to ask the question with some of the guys like him. Have they really been given the opportunity to play with... Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, yes, he's in Edmonton. So I I do... I try not to hold that against him. No, because you you get there with guys like that and you go, have they had a chance to go up and play with, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, those sorts of guys, and, and make mistakes, fail for a few games, but be kept there so they can work through it? Or are they literally like, go up there, make a mistake, that's it, you're back on the fourth line, only playing six minutes a game. I, I don't understand. Like, I don't mind the Ty Ratty signing, to be you honest. You know, Ty Ratty's one of those guys that I thought was going to eventually make a mark, um, and he just hasn't. No, but at 800,000, Oh, no, I don't have a problem taking there. a shot at it, but... He's got to be getting up there in age. I remember right well, about 25. him like three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah, he's 25. Like you, like you said, the ceiling that everybody projected him for, he's a long way from that. But um, there's always there's always guys like that that get signed, and you hope that they Patrick Eves it, really. Yeah, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I remember kind of scoffing at the jackets for picking him, but uh, he, he had a like really, good, might, uh, yeah. really good year last year if I... If I'm correct. Looks like he might pan out in the end. 
Because Clay, Clayton well, Keller, yeah. I think, will be the one that went seventh. That, um, that in hindsight, that would be the or even Sergachev at nine. But uh, it Puljarvi had some cachet going into the draft, if I recall. Yeah, I remember the name because I go, I'm not going to get that name right. <laughs> I think we I think we had to podcast it a while back, and uh, who knows, maybe we're still not doing it right. Yeah, I've I have. If you've noticed, I've not tried. Paul Jarvie, <laughs> I've left I've left that one for you. <laughs> well, there it is. Um, moving along to the Kings, really like the Kovalchuk signing. It's such the signing it's willing. Like yes, age, yes, KHL, but man. That motherfucker could shoot the puck, and I bet he still can. He was just one of the best goal scorers of his generation. So it's tough to fault going after that, even with the um, age. Would you would you load Kopitar, Carter, and um, Kovalchuk up and just go all out, let's just score? <laughs> I certainly would craft my lines towards the end of the periods that way. Um, And for all the shit Dan Bilesma gets in Pittsburgh from fans, he was so awesome at getting Sid and Gino together at the end of all periods. Yeah, no, no, he made sure he maximized his chances. no Penguins coach seems to be doing that anymore, especially Sullivan. I just, I, I don't get it. That said... Bosma did have the luxury of having Jordan Stahl back there to even after the that era. He still did it. Yeah, no, that's true. He he I remember did assist with it. Writing an article a few years ago about the five on five time on ice with uh, Crosby and Gino and how it just plummeted. Like it didn't happen anymore. And that's still I think a miss a misstep. Especially in the playoffs when they're down a goal. Stuff like that. But I digress. This We're talking seems... about the uh, Kings yeah. now. Um, this, I think this is a playoff team? It could this... be. Chuck, like uh, This is a tough one. Because Dustin Brown actually played really good last year. And he's going to need to do that again. So They kind of can't have anybody fall off. I've read a few things that, you know, Carter's actually healthy and looking like the Jeff Carter that... Yeah, they really didn't have him. No, and I've kind of forgot that. That's a huge loss. I was a... um, I never... Never appreciated Jeff Carter for the player that he was. I always uh, underappreciated him. And it's only been the last. A... It's only been the last few years where I was like, "Geez, what the fuck was yeah. I looking at?" It's only <laughs> because he had a, a big pay on his jersey. I got a lot more respect for Carter once he went to LA. No, you know, he didn't. Tr- like a... He didn't try in Columbus. Well, yeah, maybe I don't know. It had nothing to do with the Flyers. I mean, I did for me back then. I, I was terrible. I had. I was more fanish back then, yes, but you know, I've never had a problem giving Giroux his kudos and stuff like that. I don't, so. I'm the I'm the same now, but back then, no, I was literally Philly can get fucked, and so anybody that played there was terrible. I refuse to accept the fact that Carter and Richards were good back then. Carter always like, did seem to be the guy that Flurry totally robbed on the back door. With like yeah. what you thought were gimme goals, and all of a sudden he'd slide all the way over on the blocker side and just rob him. Not upset with that. Uh, but jeez, at five point two mil, God, what was he on one of those like monster years and years and years contracts? Because I feel like that had to have been. Yeah, I think that contract's great. <laughs> No, no, that that contract is great. I am trying to remember when it was signed. Yes, that contract is one of those really, really long ones. Eleven, twelve was when it was signed. Okay. So it's like, and it goes through to twenty twenty two. Yeah. So that's um, the 11 illegal year, in the current CBA. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. So Tyler Toffoli will have to be good. Jonathan Quick, um, for as much as I do call him overrated, isn't bad. No, that's a cap hit issue, that one. I think it's a fair cap hit. It's just I'm sick of hearing about how he's one of the best in the league because he's not. But he's, yeah, he's, he's fine. Drew Doughty's on his last $7 million year. He's, he's going to be making bank forever after this. If they're D, like I really do like Jake Muzzin, but after that there's not much there. Um, they're kind of a blah team. Yeah, but they're a blah team with enough exceptional talent in key spots on the roster to make the playoffs. I mean, Kopitar is going to have to have another like career year. But they're paying him like that, so he has to. Like That's just how it works, unfortunately, for Kopitar. They're, they're paying him like he's in his prime, and he's not. <laughs> well, he had his anymore. best... Um, did he have his best offensive year last year? Because he, I think he, he did. He got, out, he got from under the, the Sutter bullshit. That helps everybody um, involved. So John Stevens um, got a lot out offensively so um the the yeah another hot take for me they'll be competing for one of those final that's what the division's like it's such a mishmash of a division a shitty one but yes which means anybody that gets into the playoffs can get to the conference finals uh sharks they look pretty okay not a lot yeah. of changes in the offseason at all. No. I think I still think it centers around Joe Thornton being healthy. Yeah. I mean, Jumbo Joe has always been the the key guy for them. He's he's older now. Um Pavelski, you know, he's pretty old too. Yeah, but see, he could be their he could be their number one center, and Thornton could be their second line center. If well, he's still got Couture. Those... Yeah, I know, but if either one of those two, will they play him on the wing though? Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where if they lose either Thornton or Pavelski, they either have to bring Couture into the middle, and that changes everything for them in the lineup, or they lose their center depth and. and Thornton, whilst he is not Jobo Joe of the past, is still awesome. So, you know, what do you do there? I mean, they're a fine team. Yep. I think it. I think they're a team that's an injury away from missing the playoffs in some other divisions. But that's not this one. Sorry. I, I don't mind their top four. I don't mind Brendan Dillon and Justin Braun. And then you've got Birds of Vlasic, right? So those two players are, are awesome. Um, Burns needs to get his production back up again because if it starts to fall off, what he does defensively doesn't make up for the loss of the production. Does that make sense? And likewise, Vlasic's defense drops off. His offense doesn't make up for... Yeah, oh, that's probably why they're a perfect pairing when they do pair up. Is to well, they make fifteen mil, others. and that's going to be the case until twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, so they need yeah. to nail it. The Sharks need to win now because they got a bunch of these shitty long contracts. And Evander Kane, like, talk about jumping the gun and just spending money. They they fell in love with him in that time frame they had him, didn't they? They really did, like. Everybody, like the players, the coaching staff, management, they just were effusive in their um, praise for Kane, which is such a difference from what you heard from Winnipeg and what you heard from Buffalo. So be really curious to see how this works out. Yeah, they're gonna, they, they need to hit on like a, a draft pick or something to, to boost them up. Their window's well, really team, like, closing, like and I don't Meyer. think they're good enough to make a run at it. Like, we talked about Winnipeg, but, like, I think the Sharks are what Winnipeg are going to look like in a few years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose you're right there, just with the age groups. 
of, of some of their players. But I mean, if 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 Timo Meyer can step up and be what they think he's going to be, that might be the type of player that they need to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Because I think they make the playoffs, though. Yeah, but you you do run into that whole. You know, are they going to overplay Martin Jones? Um. Well, perhaps that's always a threat with uh, these guys. But Aaron Dell has uh, been okay for them, so maybe not. Yeah. So they they need to play him. They need to play those those thirty-ish games, and it's one of those those risks you run. I get. I it's it's really weird. Like coaches shouldn't have the cap hit in the back of their heads, but there are times where I think players get or goalies in particular get overpaid, overplayed because of what their cap hit is relative to their backup. And uh, you know, Jones and uh, Talbot I think are examples of that last year. Yes. Um. I mean Vancouver. I don't know what you want me to say about them. Talk about him next year? Yeah, maybe so. Um, Bo Horvat got his deal recently. Um, people got mad at me because I didn't draft him high enough in my redraft. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, he's fine. I guess I haven't watched a lot of Canuck games recently, so... It's just um, it's it's tough. They've got a whole bunch of guys that are the age gaps on their good players are, are so all over the place. Their back end is a mess. They've yeah, got guys well, everywhere. No no offense to uh, Rochester Institute of Technology alum Chris Tanev, but he probably shouldn't be the best defenseman on an NHL team. No, he's no, a true no, defensive I... defenseman. Like when yeah. people used to talk about like Rob Scuderi, Tanev's underlying numbers are actually, yeah, oh yeah, he defends good. Um, yeah, uh, there's nothing here. I really don't want to talk about them. I'm sorry, Vancouver well, fans. I don't, don't take it personal. There's just it's just a shit roster that's not going anywhere. Um, it feels oh, as though I'm sorry. At least I'm to... sorry. Brock Bozer's good. I, I do want to say that he's he's excellent, but he's not enough. No, no, and, and neither of their goalies are good enough to prove to me that they can carry them. So nothing about you know. their GM tells me, hey, he's gonna figure it out mid-year. <laughs> no, so no, I might, and that leaves us like the the most interesting of uh, the Pacific teams, and. The Vegas Golden Knights. So we've got Regression City, potentially. Um, and I know, uh, obviously, Flurry is a candidate for that, but William Carlson is certainly a candidate for that. Okay, so who do you reckon is the bigger candidate for that? <laughs> Man, now that's a hell of a question. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Because if, if I'm Vegas, I am praying it's William Carlson that has the bigger... Regression because they're paying Fleury seven million after this year. Um, you've got to pray that he doesn't fall off a map. Yeah, but Carlson is an RF. He's still an RFA next year, huh? Yeah, so he's going to make so they, five mil. Yeah, so they're going to they're going to be okay if Carlson falls off the map a little bit. They've already committed three years of seven to Fleury after this one, so. The big one here for me is the Nate Schmidt suspension. That's massive. Oh, yeah, I saw that the other day. That that just reeks of it bullshit. It stinks. It stinks. Like, if he's actually getting the supplements from the actual team, and you're talking about a billionth of a particle or a grain of salt in a... Is it, was it a grain of salt in an Olympic pool or something like that? That was, that was the comment. Yeah, that was or the grain comment. of sand. Like... What the fuck are we doing here? We're, we're contemplating Slava Voinov entering back in the league, but you're going to fuck Nate Schmidt over? We oh, had a, we had a I massive... I hate this goddamn league sometimes. Or, most we, we had a, or all over here, 
over here we had a massive drug scandal thing with a team intravenously putting stuff into players' bodies, right? And when all of that happened, I sort of said to my wife, I said, players should be responsible for what goes in. But when you're in a situation where the team is telling you when you're 20, 21, I mean, I know Schmidt's 27, are you really going to get there as a, a young player and say, no, I don't want to put that in my body unless you tell me what's in it? And then go back to your manager with the list of what's in it and say, hey, am I good with this or not? I mean, if the team's giving Schmidt the stuff, Schmidt's taking the stuff. So, yeah, I just find the volume that they found inside of his system to be so minuscule that, particularly in the off-season, like if he's taken it to, to cheat, he's got a lot more loaded in his body than that for it to work. Yeah, so, this would be the time of year you're really juicing it up. Yeah, because you're not, you're not back in into the system yet and all that kind of stuff, like back in with the team. So Yeah, but this, 20 is when days, all the, this is when all the players do their strength training. Yeah. But the the twenty games he's out could really hurt him, like yeah. severely. He's that I, I class him as that good a player, and he got under underutilized in in Washington, um, and it could really screw around yeah, what they can do with their lineup. Not impressive. No, I think Theodore's their best defenseman, and you know he's twenty three. I would probably have played him and Schmidt. It's like, yeah, it's thin. Like, it is really thin. This team is legitimately thin. Like, last year was such lightning in a bottle. Love Marchessault. I do. Yeah, I and, like the stats. And, and Stasny's great as yeah. far as a signing goes. I'm curious what Thomas Tatar can do if they actually play him. I don't think he's a world beater by any sense, but... I think he's. Um, I didn't think he he was healthy scratch worthy. <laughs> to be frank, no. But you know they'll play Ryan Reeves in front of him. So Ryan, that's R- Riley Smith has got to continue to be good. So Eric Halla was good. It's it's a forward driven team when Flurry's playing great. So if Flurry's not playing great, and any regression from the forwards, this is going to be a problematic year. Yeah, and I, I suppose for me, if Fleury plays his regular season this year like he played his regular season last year when he wasn't concussed, they'll make the playoffs. If he has any drop-off to his career averages, I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think they score enough to make up for that extra half a goal he's probably going to give up a game over the averages for the year to make the playoffs. Fascinating team. Really fascinating team given what they did last year going into this next season, uh, guys that played out of their ass, losing Neil and Perron, who, you know, they, they did really good for him last year. Yeah. And that's I'm surprised a, that's a they didn't offense. re-sign Neil. Particularly at what he got in Calgary as well. That's what I mean. But I'll say this. We, we just, like, ripped on their defense, but... <laughs> What we fail to mention is they may get the best guy. Hey? I mean, Eric Carlson could find his way there. Well, look, if Carlson gets there, then the perception of this team changes substantially. But Yeah, yeah. but how can Flurry play good in front of that piece of shit defender? Well, easily. He doesn't have to <laughs> stop the puck. The puck's not in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simple. Yep. Funny that. All right. Yeah, now, I have, I literally have twenty minutes left before. I no, I was, go. you know, I was just gonna say. We said before the podcast, oh, there's four or how many teams, whatever. We'll get through it. No, we didn't. We may have to just pound some of these uh, previews out the next few weeks. So, I don't want to shortchange the Atlantic in twenty minutes. I could spend twenty minutes on the Sabers. Well, that's going to be fun. I like that. They're, um, like you said, with Vegas, they're fascinating. Well, I find the Sabres fascinating. So, um, I, I suppose we'll call it a day there. And Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we both um, were saying we, we enjoy recording, so uh, we'll try to do our best to keep doing it in a timely yeah. fashion. 
We'll see how we go. Your midweek stuff's gone now, availability-wise. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, God. They're cold. All right, well, let's get out of here so I can uh, go and take my wife wherever it is I've got to take her. I'm turned into a chauffeur for the day. I'm going to watch the US Open. Tennis. Oh, the tennis. Yeah, 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 tennis has been pretty good. Um, although this match that I've been watching while we're podcasting with Djokovic and Nishikori, I think he's Japan, yeah, Japanese. I don't I mean, he's hanging in there a little bit, but he's, he ain't winning this match. You can see the, the Joker's going to win it. And then Nadal had to had to retire, didn't he? Yeah, um, his knee flared up a bit. But Del Potro was uh, looking pretty good. Actually, okay. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him to win it all, quite frankly. I don't think he's won or even been in a final since 2009 when he won the U.S. Open. And he was kicking ass. He looked good. Oh, good. And uh, on the women's side, I hope uh, hope Serena wins, obviously. Yeah, and, I do uh, too. I mean, she's the best yep. ever. Bye. Regard- regardless of major titles, even though she's pretty much there. If <laughs> she wins this, I think she ties the most ever or something like that. She's a freak of nature. It's unreal. She's badass, is what she is. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Anything else going on? Uh, no. <laughs> we, 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 we talked a little politics before the podcast. We won't bring them in here, but... No, uh, let's, let's not do that. <laughs> I mean, there's a ton of interesting stuff going on in, in both of our countries that could be its own podcast, so... Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just got the school stuff going on. It's great to have my students, uh, seeing, uh, seeing them again. Are you coaching again? Yeah, I got roped into it again. (laughs) Um, uh, for good reason though, for the, um, so I've been coaching in a suburban district the last, this will be year 11. Jesus. And I teach in the city. And we actually got a merger approved. My city school, not just my school where I teach, but the entire city school district now now will have the opportunity, if there are hockey players, to play on my team. We got it merged with uh, my suburban district. Oh, okay. So, so the region, your, your pool of players has got a little larger. Yeah, and the way, like, the, um, my suburban district is huge, so we don't jump up in classification. Like, we can't go any higher. Yep. And quite frankly, like, as far as suburban districts go, um, it, it it doesn't scream hockey socioeconomics, <laughs> if you get gotcha. what I'm saying. Yep. And gotcha certainly, the, uh, certainly the Rochester City School District does not scream hockey um, socioeconomics. But I do have a few players that are at the school I teach at, which is pretty cool. And I, I met one of them today. He, he was super excited to have the opportunity um, to try out and stuff like that. So uh, oh, cool. the city kids have never had an opportunity to play high school hockey. And I'm pretty proud uh, that I'll be on the coaching staff for that to happen. So um, that's why I'm um, going back for year 11 i think i don't think i would have done it if that didn't happen because you know 10 years is a long time young family yes, yada yada but it seeing as though i tried to move this merger along or at least played a little part in it it would have been a kind of a dick move to <laughs> bail bail on the coaching end of it as well so that's where i stand with that and um I don't know. Any TV shows you're... Uh, no. No. no? It's, it's one of those things where I'm spending my time, my spare time at the moment trying to develop a, a fitness application for people to use so they can uh, record their stuff in the gym. So that takes up most of my time. Um, and I've been trying to lose weight. I've probably lost about five or six kilos since I moved to Melbourne. So, And that's like 50 heart... pounds, right? <laughs> 
yeah, my heart rate, well, not quite. My heart rate got up to like 93 beats a minute at resting, and I went, okay, that's death material. So I've got it down to like 68 now. Oh, okay. In about great. six weeks. So um, much better. The fat hasn't started falling off the body properly yet, but. Um, I was doing I some kettlebell I, swings today. I figured I'd better try and make sure that I'm, um, I'm going to be healthy enough to survive Vegas when I go over. I'm such a washed-up hockey player right now. <laughs> well, I'm a so washed-up footy player. I started training. <laughs> like, it's going to do anything. I know what you mean. I know how you feel. It's um, the problem when you get old. I did watch the Jack Ryan Amazon show. I liked it. I don't think it's uh, groundbreaking, but um, it's nice to see Jim from the office beat some ass and kill people and whatnot. So. Ah, okay. I know the one you're talking about now. It was good. Not superb, but like totally entertaining and watchable. Uh, me and my wife are starting season two of Ozark. Uh, I know The Deuce is on HBO coming up, and that anything done by David Simon, I'm gonna watch. Though uh, the Wire creator, so yep, that's what I'll be doing. Be doing that, not writing about the Penguins. So smart choice, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> You guys know where to find us by now. Yeah, get the word out for us. Get the word out for us. Uh, you know, you've already found us if you're listening right now. Uh, just the reviews on iTunes or whatever, uh, however you consume your podcast. So uh, it was good to get that division done. We had planned on doing two. It didn't happen, but we will get through um, more. We'll of get them. through them all before the season starts, I so. hope. I think we will. It's only three weeks away. I know, but we always get that done. That's true. So, well, enjoy your... What is it? Saturday brunch yes, time? Yes, Saturday, Saturday morning. It's almost 11. Okay. Friday night here. Well, you enjoy your weekend. I'll try to enjoy mine, and we will uh, hopefully reconvene next week. Fantastic. See you soon, guys. All right. See ya.